Today we continue our homily series on why and how share faith with others. So if this is our first Sunday here at St. Michael's, last Sunday we started four um, kind of homilies connected with how to share faith. Last Sunday we spoke of the action of the Holy Spirit. We call it the P of power, how the Holy Spirit works both in the one who speaks about faith, but also in the heart and minds of those who receive the word of faith. Today we move to a second P, that is what we could call the P of prayer. It's kind of very evident that if we want to share faith, intercession is, is very important. One, it's important for us to pray. So we are convicted and sure and we reflect the face of Christ through our own life. But also we need to, in some way, trigger that action of the Holy Spirit through our intercession. It's kind of a <clears throat> partnership with God. God wants to help others, but through our intercession, the Holy Spirit moves in the heart so they can both receive the seed of faith and then make it grow. Our intercession is like the watering of the seed. Through the word you sow the seed, but through intercession you water the seed that is implanted in the hearts and minds of others. And, and we continue to look to the second reading, the letter of Paul to Timothy. And we try to learn from St. Paul how to share faith. And this letter, as you just heard, was written when Paul was in jail. Paul was in jail three times. The first one was in Philippi, and that's in Acts of the Apostles 16. They put them into jail, and he's with Silas, one of his companions, and they throw them into a dungeon. And they are with other prisoners, and it gets to midnight, and they begin to praise God and to pray. So this is a great example in itself. In a very negative situation, he's praising God and, and thanking God. As they are praising God, there's an earthquake. And the doors of the jail are open. So the, the guy in charge of taking care of the jail sees this, and he panics. And he takes a sword, and he wants to kill himself. And Paul from the dungeon says, no, don't do it. We're here. And this man receives the message of faith given by Paul, and he's baptized, him and his whole family. So this is the first time Paul went into jail. And you see here, like, Paul is in jail. What is he doing? He's praising God, and he's praying. And in that context, this conversion happens, the conversion of the jailer. If you fast forward 15 years, they put Paul again in jail. They say that he was in jail three times and in more or less five years. He, his mission time was more or less 30 to 35. So that's a pretty significant time of his, of, of his life, you know, like in jail. So when he's in, in, in Rome, he's put in jail for two years and the emperor is... Nero, who was against Christianity. And after 
been in jail, they, they will kill him. This is more or less the year 64. And in that context, Paul writes these words that we just heard in the second reading. I am suffering even to the point of chains. That's a literal thing, no? He was in chains, like a criminal, because he was against the gods of the empire. But the word of God is not chained. Therefore, I bear, with, I bear everything for the sake of those who are chosen, so that they too may obtain the salvation that is in Christ Jesus. So Paul is in jail, and he has his three convictions. One, he says, the word of God is not chained. I am in chains. They try to stop me, and I cannot actively proclaim the faith. But he knows that the word of God keeps going in a certain way. The word of God is not chained. You cannot stop the power of God, he's saying. Even civil governments will never stop the power of God. This is very important to believe. As we grow into a more secular society, to truly believe that the word of God is not changed. Nothing can stop the plans of God from happening. That's what Paul is sharing. If you want to do a bumper sticker or a sticker or a tattoo, that's a good one-liner of St. Paul. The word of God is not changed. It was very encouraging for me, this, this line of, of Timothy during the pandemic. When everything was closed down, the word of God can still be at work. Second, he says, I offer all these things for the sake of those who are chosen. I offer all the inconveniences and sacrifices of being in jail. Just think of the literal aspect of what is being in jail. Paul might have been cold or too hot. He could not say, turn on the AC. Or he did not ask in the morning, where is my continental breakfast? Or, ah, oh, the Wi-Fi is so weak in this place. Like, no, he suffered hunger, thirst, inconveniences, mocking, and so on and so forth. But Paul says, all this is for the sake of those who are chosen. I offer all these things for my communities, for those who are chosen, those who have come to faith, all these disciples that I know, I offer them, offer it for them, that they may grow in faith. Actually, in the letter to the Philippians, he says, my situation, being in jail, brought encouragement to the brothers and sisters, and the word of God is being proclaimed fearlessly because I am in jail. So what Paul is saying is, this situation of suffering, this cross, is bringing fruitfulness, is bringing grace, is bringing life to others. It's what we call redemptive suffering, the offering of the crosses of life. So when we speak of praying for others, this means on, on one side, praying, like praying the rosary, interceding, literally praying. But also praying for us means 
offering the things you cannot change in your life. Think of these three things that can be connected with being in jail. Things you don't like, things you did not choose, and things you cannot change. The cross is always connected with things you did not choose, things that you don't like, and things you cannot get rid of. It could be physical suffering, it could be mental agony, it could be so many things. Those could be your crosses, your jails, your chains that can bear fruit for the sake of others. And then he says, he speaks of the chosen ones. His three convictions are the word of God is not chained. I offer this for the sake of others, and I offer it for the sake of the chosen ones. What is the chosen? Well, it's not the YouTube thing, no? Like, uh, here is something else. It's those who believe. The chosen are those who have received the word of God and believe. So Paul is praying not only for those who do not believe, but also for those who believe. We need to pray for those who believe as well. You need to pray for us priests. You need to pray for the bishops. You need to pray for the pope. You need to pray for your friends. You need to pray for people you know that already believe. Why? Because we are all tempted to doubt, to leave the church and, and walk away. And you need to pray that the seed that is planted keeps growing. So you need to pray for the chosen ones. But the chosen one also means that wherever you go, let's say your school, your work, your family, there's always someone who believes. And there's always someone who is open to faith. I have seen this so many times. Maybe people don't reveal it, but always in any place, there's a group of chosen that are called to come to faith. So be attentive to that. So Paul prays and intercedes from jail, and that brings a lot of goodness. So one great example of this call to pray and these two wings of prayer, intercession and offering of the crosses, is the story of Elizabeth Lesur. She's a French lady who was very Catholic. She got married to Felix Lesur. This is in the late 1800s. And her husband was Catholic, but went to medical school and kind of lost his faith in medical school. If you're in medical school, that doesn't mean that you need to lose your faith or medical school is bad. No, I'm not saying that. This is just a fact of Felix. And he became a militant atheist. His wife continued to pray for him. Even Felix directed an anti-Catholic newspaper. When Elizabeth is 48 years old and Felix continues in, in his state of unbelief, she dies of cancer. So Felix is devastated. So he even becomes more anti-Catholic. So he decides to go to Lourdes. Remember that Lourdes, the apparition to, to Bernadette happened in 1850, 1886, I think. 
So right there, it was the beginning of Lourdes. But he goes to prove that Lourdes is all fake. So he goes and stands before the statue of Our Lady of Lourdes. And as, she, and as he is looking at the image of Our Lady, he receives the gift of faith. Inside of him, he begins to believe. Then he goes back home, and when he's kind of going through the things of his wife, he finds her journal, a journal where she wrote all the things that she did and all her spiritual life, and especially he realizes that her, his wife prayed for him her whole life. And this is what he says, like, that he, this is Felix saying, I discovered that Elizabeth made with God a kind of agreement bound to exchange her life for my return to the faith. And I remember that one day she told me, I shall die before you, and when I am dead, you will be converted, and you will become a religious. You will be Father Lesser. So she prayed for him, interceded for him. Then she dies. He comes to faith. He discovers this journal that you can buy it online. And then she told him that she will be a priest. He will be a priest. And that's what happened. He became a priest and started to preach retreats. And when he was preaching a retreat in France, a priest called uh, Fulton Shin was studying in France and did the retreat with Father Felix. And that's how the story of Elizabeth and Felix became very famous. The point is, her intercession bare fruit. Because of all her suffering and all her prayers, this man came to faith. This man became a priest. And that's what your prayers can do for others. And that's what we should take, this call to persevere in interceding and offering our crosses for the salvation of others. So this week I invite you to consider these two things. One, for whom should you pray? Who are your chosen ones? Who are the people that maybe need your intercession? People maybe who believe or people who have fallen through the cracks. Begin to pray for them. Write them down. Put in a piece of paper two, three, four, five names. Keep that piece of paper in your Bible and pray for them. Second, what are your crosses? What are your prisons? What are the things in your life that you don't like, you did not choose, and you cannot change? Offer them, offer them, that they may bear fruit.